Hello, folks. Dan Bird here again on Sunday, last day of April. Uh, Zuber is not here today. He's in Vegas. So I'm going to do a quick one, real short one without him. Uh, hopefully that's okay. I know it probably gets boring if it's just me talking. But um, on this particular session, I want to talk about the old adage, sell in May and go away. Is that something that we should do? Um, let me share my screen. And before I get started, something I forgot, usually forget to do when Zuber's not on, but if you're interested in getting my newsletter, which I put out every weekend, uh, mostly for my own um, research, but if you would like to receive it, just send me an email to breakpointtrading at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to put you on the list and send you last week's. Uh, I talked about communication services sector in the last session, so if you wanted to view that, it's very interesting because it looks like it's making a pattern where it's about to break out and head much higher. So we'll see if that actually happens or not. But for this particular session, I want to talk about the go uh, sell in May and go away adage. Before we get started, let me show you where we are. This is the uh, Stock Traders Almanac view of over the last 73 or 74 years, what has typically happened in the month of May. So actually, this is a recent 21 year, so 2002 till 2022. Pre-election years, which are the dash lines, go back, go back to 1950. Um, but those are only every four years, obviously. But it's interesting to look at you know, what the pre-election view of the market is, because that's where we are right now. So May 1st is on Monday. So we are right here. <laughs> Fed rate hike is on Wednesday. 5-3 and then non-farm payrolls on 5-5. Five, five, I think the Fed will hike another quarter point and then we'll see what they say. Will they say we will continue to be vigilant? Or will they say we are going to pause and we'll stop rate hikes? Which I don't think they'll say, but they actually might do. Non-farm payrolls will be interesting because um, I actually put in this month's newsletter or this week's newsletter what the calendar looks like. That's right here. This is act, this actually is the newsletter. So for those that want to get this every week, I put every week right in the beginning, I put in the economic calendar. So for last week, we had um, durable goods orders came in stronger. Crude oil inventories came in weaker. So th that actually might uh, cause oil to, to go up slightly. Building permits came in a little bit better. New home sales came in a little better than expected. Uh, so everything in general looks fairly strong. Consumer confidence came down, but it's still above 100. GDP, that's the key. That's one of the key ones for last week. GDP was expected to come in at 2%, came in at 1.1. So the economy is definitely cooling off. That's something that the Fed should like to see. I think they will still raise, but... I think they, they will like to see that number coming down. Um, jobless claims, uh, that one came down as well. It would be better if that went up. And then core PCE, which is the one that the Fed really looks at, came in as expected. So at least it wasn't worse. At least it wasn't going up, but it, it, it didn't look better for them either. But not anything that was too concerning. So next week we have the JOLTS number job openings, 
expected to go down slightly. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we have the interest rate decision. Previously it was 5%. <clears throat> I think they're going to raise it another quarter point. Initial jobless claims on Thursday, um, that's expected to go up slightly, but not significantly. Non-farm non payrolls is the key one. Next Friday, it looks like it's going to drop quite a bit down to 180, that's the expectation. I think it might come in right around expectation. Uh, the unemployment rate is an important one to watch. It's ticking up a little bit to 3.6, but that's really not significant. That's still at 40-year lows. The month before this 3.5, it was 3.6, so it's bouncing right around that same area. <clears throat> if this starts ticking up significantly each month towards 4%, that's the other thing to watch for a recession. So three things that happen before a recession. The Fed starts cutting rates. Um, the unemployment rate starts to go up materially. So I want to see it go be, go up above 4% before a re, I think a recession is imminent. And then the last one is the yield curve, which recessions have not started until the yield curve gets back above zero. Um, and it's quite a ways from that at this point. And in fact, it takes six to nine months for the recession to occur after it gets above zero. So I put that in my newsletter as well. So these are all things that we're watching for next week. So let's take a look at <clears throat> the old adage. Uh, well, back to the CPI inflation report is on the 10th. And then Memorial Day we have at the end. Options expiration is on the 19th. So what happens typically in May? This is a look at what the market has done. This is the NASDAQ. I use the NASDAQ because it's the most sensitive typically. Um, this, the S&P looks very similar, but I thought the NASDAQ would be more interesting. So what has it done in the last five years? <clears throat> so going back to 2019, you can see each of these years here, 19, 20, and 21, they all started at roughly different levels, but all ended up at about the same place. So if you take a look at May, um, they all start, all of these years, all five years start at the 0% point. So this one went down and came back to zero. 2021 started in May at up 10%, and 2019 started in May up about 22%. All of them ended at up about 28%. So in this case, other than 2022, all the other ones, the other four that we have data for, all ended higher, even though not significantly higher, other than 2020. 2020 definitely was much higher. But they all ended higher other than 2022. We are right here, right now, the orange line. So we don't have the data yet for the rest of this year, but we are most um, mostly tracking the 2019 data. You can see we're almost exactly on 2019. If that is the case, and we continue to track that, then we may have a very bumpy May, and that might be caused by a bad inflation report, which I'll talk about next weekend, but I'm expecting the inflation report to come in worse than expected on May 10th. So that might mirror what happened in 2019, but then 2019 ended up higher and much higher by the end of the year. So we'll see. What about um, 
Stock Traders Almanac, what do they look at? Now, this goes back 75 years. So for the month of May, again, they take from month from May until the end of October. So what they call the worst six months of the year. And even though in general, all of these went sideways. So the green is a pre-election year. The black is all pre-election years. Um, and we are right here, the purple. So we are right down here, just getting ready to hit May. In general, usually in May, the markets go sideways, slightly higher. So the old adage, sell in May and go away, might be a good one if you want to just go away for the summer and not worry about the market. In general, it will trend higher over the over the term of the of these six months, but it might be very bumpy getting there. So it's a, probably a good adage if you just want to forget about it and then come back in November when the market starts the, first, the best six months of the market. So the best six months are November through April. So not, I mean, it's not significantly lower, but it doesn't really go a lot higher either. Um, this is from also from Stock Traders Almanac. This is their, what they call their tactical seasonal switching strategy. They did a lot of research on this um, going starting in 1986. And this is what happens if they basically take the best six months, which is the purple box here, and just buy some index, like buy the Dow Jones Industrial Index, for instance. Let it ride for six months. So buy it in November, let it ride until end of April, and then sell everything and put it in fixed income strategies for the worst six months, <clears throat> which is May 1st to October 31st. And this is what happens. <clears throat> so during the best six months, this is what happens. I don't know what the actual number that they use to invest, but this is really more of a relative chart. And this is comparing it to a buy and hold strategy where you just buy something and hold it through the whole year. So if you buy in the best six months, buy in the beginning and hold it till the end of the six months, sell it and put it in a fixed income strategy for the worst six months, this is what it looks like. That's a pretty uh, compelling analysis of what could happen. So it's one way to do it. Now, keep in mind that it, every year is not the same. You could have a year like 2022, the only year of these these other of the four that went down during that period. Although you would be out of the market during that period using that strategy. So although even with 2022, which started up here and ended down here, you still would have lost money in this case, trying, trying to stay in during the best six months. But those years typically are unique. So this is uh, again, Stock Traders Almanac. They've done a lot of research. I, I uh, like looking at what they, say about some of the trends over time. The last one I wanna show you that is a little disconcerting actually, is an analysis that they did based on the pre-election year of 2011, when we also had a debt crisis and we also had a Republican House, um, John Boehner, that was, trying to pass something to reduce the amount of spending 
while raising the debt limit. And there was a lot of issues with that back and forth. You can see the black line here is what happened with the S&P during 2011, which is a, another year very similar to the one we're in now. And you can see the blue line is what, where we're in now for 2023. So they are, again, kind of paralleling each other. We'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, it won't follow this path because the end of 2011 was not very good for the market. But we'll come back and look at this again as we move through the year. But I just thought I would show it to, to everyone and uh, just let you think about that for a little bit. Now, as I mentioned in the last video, um, this is probably not one that people will like a lot because I show a lot of really good things, especially with semiconductors. Looks like they might be ready to take off. Even with this, I'm showing that while sell in May and go away might be a good idea. Um, it still, in most cases, still has a little bit of a, an uptrend in general. But when you look at things like this and you look at how far the market has come and that it needs to retrace, it might be a little bit dangerous, I think, in May. So I would just say be careful. Again, if you're interested in getting the newsletter where I explain a lot of this in a lot more detail, send me an email to breakpointtrading at gmail.com, and I would be happy to add you to the list. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great weekend. And uh, if you're with Zuber in Vegas, I'm not sure what he's doing in Vegas, but maybe he's with you guys or some of you guys. I hope you have a great time. I'll talk to you uh, next week. and. Be careful trading.